Hare Krishna, everyone. Welcome back to Saturday Sangha from sunny Sadhu Bhavan. Today is sunny. <coughs> and, and and recording is in progress, and we're all here. And it's 13 hours, says my other computer. So, Om Ajnana Dumadandasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Shri Chaitanya Mano Bishtam Sthapitam Yena Bhutale Svayam Rupa Kadamahyam Dadhati Svapadantika Wait, 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 something just told me something. Oh, I guess it's okay. Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutta Padakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavangscha Shri Rupam Sagradatam Sahagana Raghunatang Vitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savaduktam Padijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakan Vitangscha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swamin Itinamine Namaste Sarasvate Devi Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Paschatya Deshatarine Vanchakalpatarubhyascha Kripasindubhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Vanchakalpa E Krishna Karana Sindhu Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kantaradha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshvari Rishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, 
हरे राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे ओके सैटरडे मीन्स टू गो एंड सम मीन्स टुगेदर गोइंग टुगेदर एंड हियर वी ऑल आर डिस्पाइट नॉट बींग टुगेदर इन द सेम फिजिकल प्लेस वी कैन बी टुगेदर इन एन इलेक्ट्रॉनिक प्लेस अ डिजिटल प्लेस and some of us can even be moving at the same time i see rajaduta gopal and amrita lahari <laughs> are on their way to north north poland i forgot now did we i don't think we did announce your change of identity did we No okay we will do this later because there will be more devotees um devotees join sometimes later and um yeah welcome to all of you again my apologies for last saturday last saturday was 30 years of uh anniversary for the installation of Shishi Panchatattva in Nushantipur and just at exactly the same time we would be having our sangha they asked me to participate in the abhishek of Panchatattva and so that's what I did um yeah hard to be in two places at once doing two different things so i chose to do that instead and we all survived hari krishna today we are reading and singing a song by shilabakvinod thakur kalyana kapataru verse uh song number 10 the first part upadesha instructions and um we will go through this song then we'll see if there's any show and tell we were going to have um a group of devotees singing this song in slovenia uh alas that had to be canceled because devotees unfortunately fell sick apparently not with covid so at least that uh, but hopefully another time they can do this so we're going to have to settle with my uh attempt to sing <laughs> and then uh yeah show and tell if there's anyone uh then we have a question i've been asked to discuss from kavichandra 
And uh, anyway, and oh, maybe we'll do Manashiksha from Raghunath Das, one verse. Let's see. And then I th have idea that we open up what is actually a huge topic. And this will be a little experimental. We'll see how we go with it, see how you feel about it. Um, Vaishnav hermeneutics. Um, and in any case, I think we won't go beyond more than an introduction of that topic. Uh, but again, we'll see how that goes. Okay. Mana re. <clears throat> Mana re. Oh, let me see. One thing. Okay, we don't have with us today our Bengali experts, Gopi Tungavidya and um, Devashi Radhika. So we'll stumble through as best we can. Manare Kano Korovidyar Gorava Smriti Shastra Bhakarana Bhakarana Vyakarana Nana Basa Alochana Bridhi Kore Jasher Josher Sorava O mind Why do you give such importance to mundane knowledge? Your discussion and deliberation on the Smriti scriptures, various languages and grammar, certainly increases the sweet, fragrant aroma of your own material reputation, name, and fame. I think there's a bit of sarcasm there. Uh, okay, so Vidyar Gorava. Vidya, of course, means knowledge. And it's kind of always mm, interchangeable. Not always, I don't know. Interchangeable with the word jnana. But my sense of Vidya is it. Uh, associated more with skills, skills and procedures, um, but it, it also has a sense of just knowledge, broadly speaking. And Gaurava, uh, importance, so the, the importance of Vidya, Vidyar Gaurava. Keno, why? <clears throat> Now, I, I often speak about this, but um, there's the mind, there's the intelligence, mana and buddhi, and one of the um, ways we can activate our intelligence, our buddhi, is with questions. And here's an example of this. Why? Why are you doing? Why do you think like this? Why do you? So it's, uh, it's the intelligence asking the mind. Uh, in this case, why do you regard um, this mundane uh, knowledge with such importance? Koro, uh, 
uh, is to do. So why do you make? Why do you make so important this knowledge? Smriti Shastra Byakaran Nanabasa Alochan Bridhi Kori Jasher Shorabha Jasher Jasha We have this in our uh, Guru Puja song um, The last line Ebe Jasha Gushuk Tribhuvan uh, your fame, jasha, yasha in Sanskrit, is uh, spread. Actually, that might be the imperative. Uh, let it be spread, gushuk. Uh, let it be voiced, gushuk, tribhuvana, in the three worlds. So here, jasher sorabha, um, name and fame, or uh, fame's fame uh, the yeah yeah okay sorabha uh, like sorabhi surabhi um, rabha uh, means fragrance and sur surabha means good fragrance nice smelling so the <clears throat> the nice smell of fame bridhi kore Bridhi uh, means expanding. So, Smriti Shastra, um, there's Shruti and there's Smriti, but Smriti especially can refer to like Dharma Shastra. It's inclusive of many things, it depends on the context. Vyakarana uh, means grammar or just more broadly languages. Nana Bhasa. Alochana, uh, the bhasas, the commentaries, various commentaries, nana bhasa, alochana. And uh, alochana is seeing, otherwise it would have to be alochana, which would be not seeing. Okay, kintu deko chintakori jodina bajile hari bidda tabakevala rorava krishna prati anurakti she bije chanme bhakti bidya hote taha ashambhava. But just look here and consider this for your judgment. Consider uh, is chinta, chinta kori. If you have not worshipped Lord Hari, jadi jodi na bajile Hari. If you have not worshipped Lord Hari, then all of you, all of your so-called knowledge, bidya uh, tava, your knowledge. Kevala Rorava is simply hell. Kevala is only Rorava is hell, simply hell. True devotional service, Krishna Proti Anurakti, uh, actually takes its birth 
let's see, Shay BJ Janme Bhakti from attraction and affection for Krishna. Okay, Krishna Proti Anurakti is attraction uh, and affection. Anurakti Proti um, toward we can say toward Krishna. Shay BJ uh, it's it's very seed. Janme uh, is in the birth of bhakti. Janme, I think, is locative, is in the in the birth of bhakti. Um, such a seed is impossible to get by the cultivation of ordinary worldly knowledge. Bidya hote, which means hoite, which means from, coming from, being from, out of vidya. Taha asambhava, that is asambhava, not possible. Bidya marjantar kabu kabu apokar jagatete kori anubhava je bidyar alochane krishna rati spure mane tahari Adara Jano Shabha. I feel that the hair-splitting scrutiny of mundane knowledge. Um, here, I guess, marjana is scrutiny. Marjana means cleaning. Um, is actually harmful. Apokar. Jagatete kori anubhava. This is my experience. Anubhava. Hmm. On the other hand, however, everyone will appreciate the cultivation of that transcendental knowledge. Bidyar uh, alochane, in this case, cultivation, but looking or regarding, paying attention to uh, that knowledge, jebidyar alochane krishna rati spuremone. That transcendental knowledge which awakens love, krishna rati, and attachment for krishna within the mind, tahari adara jano shabha. All people jana shab. Jana Sabha, all people. Uh, Tahari Adara. I don't know this. Adara. Anyway. Bhakti Badha Joha Hote She Bidyar Mashtakete Paragata Koro Akoitava Sharashati Krishna Priya Krishna Bhakti Tarhiya Binoder She Se Boibhava. Among all the obstacles to devotion, so Bhakti Badha and Jaha, among which Hoite. This mundane knowledge is certainly the foremost. She bidyar mastakete. Hmm. 
you must sing, you must sincerely kick it out. Padagata koro akaitava, sincerely. So kaitava means cheating, and akaitava, not cheating. Uh, so sincerely kick it out. Padagata koro. You must sincerely kick it out, dear mind, for the real understanding is that Mother Sarasvati, the goddess of learning, is very dear to Lord Krishna, Saraswati Krishna Priya. And devotion to him, Krishna Bhakti, uh, is her very heart, Tara Hiya. Hiya. Mm, means heart. Uh, this very devotion is indeed the sanctifying grace of Bhaktivinoda. Uh, Binoder She She Bhai Baba. Now, this translation is uh, of the last thing. It's a little ambiguous. This very devotion is indeed the sanctifying grace of Bhaktivinoda. It sounds like by the grace of Bhaktivinoda. Um, there is this sanctifying grace. I think it's not meant like that. I think it's the other way around, that he feels blessed. Uh, this this vaibhava, uh, this sanctification perhaps, uh, is there um, experienced by Vinoda, Bhakti Vinoda. Okay. Let's make music with our little music box. We tried getting, we had this harmonium fixed some weeks ago, but it's uh, showing its age again. What to do? Manare Kano Koro Vidyara Goraba Manare Kano koro vidyar gorava Smriti shastra Vyakaran Nana vasa Alochana Smriti shastra Vyakarana Nana Bhasa Alochana Vritti Kore Jashe Sorabha 
Krishna Prati Anurakti Shebije Janme Bhakti Krishna Prati Anurakti Shebije Janma Bhakti Bidda Hote Taha Asham Baba Bidda Hote Taba Asham Baba Marjana Tara Kabu Kabu Apakaram Bidyar Marjana Tar Kabu Kabu Apakaram Jagate Te Kori Anu Jagate te kori anubha Jebidyar alochane Krishna rati spure mane Jebidyar alochane Krishna Rati Spure Mone Tahari Adara Jano Shava Tahari Adara Jano Shava Vakti Badha Jaha hoite Shebidyar Mastakete Bhakti Badhan Jaha hoite Shebidyar Mastakete Padaghatan Koro Akhaita 
Kadagata koro akhaitaba Sarasati Krishna Priya Krishna Bhakti Tarahiya Sarasvati Krishna Priya Krishna Bhakti Tarahiya Vinodhe Se Se Bye bye. Be no dear, say, say, bye bye. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama Rama Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Rama Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 
राधे हरे हरि बो हरि बो हरि बो गौरा हरि बो निताय गो हरि बो हरि बो हरि बो गौरा हरि बो Hare Krishna, this is a uh, unpredictable harmonium. So, <laughs> uh, let's see now. I wanted to go back just bef- before we proceed to our previous song. I think it's nice we try to remember. This is two weeks ago. Um after all, it's a prayer to the mind, and one of the functions of the mind is memory. I think memory is also a function of intelligence, but in any case, um, you may remember that uh, the previous song is about caste, caste consciousness. And we talked about how this may not feel like something relevant to us in the West, um, but if we think more about it, we may become aware that there is caste consciousness. It may not come quite in the same form as it does in India, um, but it may be there. We we have feelings of identifying with certain, not necessarily caste, but class. Uh, it can be especially economic class. Uh, it can be in relation to other other things, culture, language. Uh, some people speak, you know, with certain accents and others with other accents. Probably it's true everywhere, but I'm just aware from England uh, which has been, at least in the past, and certainly to a large extent today, been very class conscious. And uh, one way of identifying someone's class was by their language, by their accent, how they spoke. Um, Anyway, Bhaktivinoda Thakur is saying, all of that is not going to help you at the time of death. <laughs> and when we come into Krishna's presence, he's not going to care one one bit about this. Um, and you may remember there was this analogy given in the fourth verse of um, a poor salesman of ginger that he's uh, he's a very insignificant fellow but he he thinks he's somebody special and when a big ship comes into the harbor he goes to the harbor and he starts talking with all the people around the harbor so what's going on here <laughs> what is this shipment how many uh tons what is the price blah 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 he goes on and on 
And then somebody asks him, um, who are you anyway? Oh, I just, I just sell ginger in the market. <laughs> anyway, um, so it seems that Bhaktivinoda Thakur is one after another in the different verses. He's raising uh, the challenge to his mind of all the different sorts of things that one might be proud of. Um, Prabhupada says, quoting the English expression, even the even the pauper, the beggar, is proud of his penny. And so he's uh, he's going through all of these. One may be proud of learning. One may be proud of uh, one's so-called caste. And then going back further, uh, one may be proud of Brahman realization, for example, and so on. So Bhaktivinoda's saying whatever it is, whatever it is we're pr proud of, um, it's not going to help us with Krishna Bhakti. At the end of today's song, Sharashati Krishna Priya Krishna Bhakti Tarhiya, Binoder She She Vaibhav. This is very nice. Saraswati is a devotee, excuse me, a devotee of Krishna. Krishna Bhakti is in her heart. So to be aware of that is to uh, turn one's attention. Uh, to the purpose of knowledge, the purpose of vidya or jnana, uh, which is, of course, uh, the glorification and uh, cultivation, glorification of the Lord, the cultivation of love and affection for the Lord and all of his, we can say, all of his creation. Um, and speaking of Sarasvati, Pandava has a question, I see here. We may wonder who is blessing in present-day scientists, Goddess Sarasvati or the Lord himself or who? Yeah, indeed. Um, I, you know, I... I really hesitate to generalize. Uh, we like to talk about the scientists <laughs> as if they all think exactly the same uh, when the reality is quite different. A survey has been done years ago. I read uh, an article about it that... Uh, Research was done on different scientists' uh, theological inclinations, or lack thereof. And um, an interesting point came out that, and I don't remember the numbers, but what we in English generally call the hard scientists, hard sciences, meaning... Um, physics, chemistry, maybe biology, like that. 
uh, as opposed to the softer sciences, uh, especially so sociology and psychology. Anyway, the, the hard scientists tended to, there's tended to be a higher percentage, a significantly higher percentage of theists uh, among them than among the sociologists and psychologists. Um, one might think, you know, it would be the opposite, but no. Something, okay, Rasa Dadihari is suggesting that Durga is giving the inspiration to scientists. <laughs> Could be uh, to many scientists, Durga. And Sita Sundari is asking, please say something about one feeling not proud of a particular talent talent we may have, but perhaps transforming it into feeling grateful for it toward Krishna having given it to us to be used in his service and to help others connect with him. Um, yeah, I think you've um, made the essential point already in your question <laughs> that uh, whatever Krishna gives us, we can Rather than be proud of it, we can be grateful for it. Specifically because why would Krishna give it to us unless it's for that purpose, uh, that we can use it in his service for his glorification, for helping others connect with him. Um, so we can, we can turn everything in a, into a favorable light. Yeah, because uh, as as the Bengali saying goes from Krishnadas Kaviraj, Krishna Surya Sam, Maya Hoyandakar Jahan Krishna Tahanahi Maya Radhikar. Krishna's like the sun, Maya's like darkness. Uh, where there is Krishna, there is no no Maya. Just as where there is light, there is no darkness. But the light and the dark are right next to each other. Uh, we have to turn in the direction of the light, and then we're out of the light. But it's, uh, it's not very far away from the dark if we're not careful. The, the pride that we may have uh, which turns us away from Krishna. Uh, that danger is there so long as we don't turn around and see the uh, see the same thing as a blessing for Krishna. Um, in other words, it's not about artificially. Re re renouncing something that Krishna's given us. Krishna gives, Krishna takes away, and that is uh, how, how, how it works. But while, while we have something, we gratefully use it in his service for uh, 
can be for ourselves to serve Krishna, it can be for um, for helping others to connect with Krishna. Uh, Sugopi adds that Durga Devi, the goddess of power, is worshipped mostly by Kshatriyas. Yeah, that's interesting because um, we often see images of Durga Devi with many, many arms and hands, and she's holding all these weapons in her arms and hands. And it's also pointed out that um, in her form as Durga, although we usually, in, a, in some sense, we associate her with Shiva, but in a more specific sense, Durga is is by herself. Uh, she she functions, you can say, independently. I, you know, that's a kind of maybe too general statement. I'm sure there are pastimes of Durga and Shiva, especially in the Tantra side of things. But um, in that sense that she is associated with and worshipped by the Kshatriyas, uh, there's a, a sense of her being, her by herself, um, being very powerful. So, uh, so the kshatriyas worship Durga in order to be blessed by her to have uh, to receive power. Kshatriyas want power. Oh, we're getting lots of comments today. Radhalilavati is saying. Regarding the last song of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he sings that all the sinners are in the same position when they come to Yamaraj, regardless of caste. Indeed, uh, Puranas, you mentioned, state that brahmanas are punished more mildly. Shouldn't brahmanas be punished more since they should know better? Um yeah, that's an interesting point, and you brought this up uh, in another message to me that uh, shouldn't the brahmanas who know better be punished more? We talked about that, and and I was thinking, well, yes, in some sense, because they know more. <laughs> but one then might say, well, the brahmans. The Brahmins are um, more, theoretically at least, they're more sensitive and therefore they may uh, more easily recognize their fault. But anyway, that's, uh, I won't try to go anywhere with that, but I did read in, a, in an article giving an overview of the notion of karma uh, in Indian tradition, that in the Garuda Purana, it would take me too long to find now, and I don't remember the detail, but um, it seemed as though it was mentioning simply that Brahmins, there, there are reactions to Brahmins after they die, which can be very serious. So in other words, the impression I got is that maybe a Brahmin is not 
punished so severely in this life, but he or she should know that punishment may await them in the next life, uh, which may be more severe. Oh, did I say this? Sita Sundari is saying, what was the example you once mentioned about pouring liquid metal into the mouth of someone who is a shudra trying to act like a brahmana that's causing harm to others? I don't remember me talking about that. <laughs> but... Maybe I did, and if I did, I don't remember what the context was, sorry to say, except we might say that indeed, in the Manu Samhita, I know there are um, descriptions of punishments, some of which seem really severe. Um, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, there is mention of a punishment and presumably this would have been for brahmanas. A punishment for a brahman who is um, involved in interaction with an outcast, specifically in their society with, um, with Muslims. That one should drink hot ghee, a large quantity of hot ghee, the, uh, the understanding being this is actually committing uh, suicide. One will die as a result of this. And uh, who is it? It's been so long since I read this. Someone can remind me. Uh, the devotee who was feeling that maybe he needs to do this. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, you don't need to do that. Just chant Hare Krishna. Subhuti Rai, that sounds right. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Subhuti Rai. And, and the, the problem was something to do with his... Uh, some connection with 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 a Muslim, I think. I think he was with his servant. His his servant. He, uh, I guess, he beat his servant once, and then he became. A, he was promoted to be some sort of a chief in the village. Ah uh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> strange things. <laughs> Yeah, these are, oh yeah, then the, the wife wanted to punish the, uh, wanted to punish his, what was it, his teacher? He was his master previously, and the wife, when, when she saw that, yeah. she wanted him to be punished because he had done that to her. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes, that was it. Thank you. Madana Jivani remembers. Okay. <clears throat> um, 
Okay, somehow we got on to some strange topics here. <laughs> of punishment. Various dark, dark topics, I would say. <laughs> um, but maybe now we could go back to... Well, now I'm... Now I'm getting my... Now my brain is going dysfunctional. Was it you, Rajali? No, it was Kavichandra. Kavichandra, you had a question. Do you want to uh, speak your question or do you want me to read what you sent to me? Maybe you're busy translating. Um, well, uh, you can read, I can translate, and then I can add something. Okay. okay. Uh, hold on. I have to shift here. And, whoops, that's strange. Kavichandra. Uh, okay, here we go. A controversy. Ta-da! We all love controversy, isn't it? Oh, there it is. Uh, at the time of lecture on occasion of Balaram Purnima, I proposed a guided meditation in a style I learned from a book on Kaizen. Kaizen. Uh, that involves all inner senses, not only to visualize, but also auditorize, smell, eyes, etc. Um, so my suggestion was to imagine that we're in the spiritual world and we take part in Sri Balaram's birthday party and someone asks us to offer him a garland and we also see our spiritual master, or Srila Prabhupada, that is nodding with acceptance, and then we place that aromatic garland made of forest flowers. Then some devotees raise doubts whether it wasn't a kind of sahajiya, sahajiism. There was a discussion on that topic with different arguments, but one devotee was still disturbed and convinced it wasn't bona fide. Can we somehow discuss it shortly today? Okay, and you want to add to that? Well, uh, I can just add that uh, discussion was quite interesting. Some devotees said, but you know, Bhagavad Gita says, if you offer me flower, water, or, you know, then mm. I will accept it. Ah. So, so if we accept garland made of flowers, so why Lord Balaram would uh, uh, not accept this? So mm -hmm. Why? Why so? Because because argument was that actually, and and my argument was that actually it, it is kind of manasa puja when we can make offering in our mind, and then this devotee said that this is. Manasa Puja is only for Brahmada devotees, for devotees with initiation that uh, are allowed to, uh, to uh, worship the devotees. deity. Yeah, worship deities, yeah. So this discussion was going on and, uh, and, and it was kind of disturbance because it was at the time of uh, Sunday, <laughs> no lecture. <laughs> Some people were for the first time and were you know, um, I don't know. 
conf bewildered. Manjari, Okay. Um, yeah, I was asked the same question um, a few days ago when I was in Nushantipur, um, and possibly it was the same devotee who challenged you. Um, he asked in a very nice way, and it was uh, not part of the group discussion. It was after, after um, I gave a lecture. Um, well, a couple of thoughts came to mind. One is the context in which you present such a thing. So you mentioned it was a Sunday, Sunday feast. It, I, I can see why that would not be the right place uh, to do that. Because, as you said yourself, there were new people who had no clue. And so... Um, it it just may have been inappropriate in that in that regard. And then yes, I was also thinking about songs from Bhaktivinoda Thakur and also Narottam Das Thakur, and I'm sure there's so many others that describe such what we make our visualizations. And indeed, I think they do uh, in important way invite us. Um, to visualize or audioize and so on, um, and yes, they they seem to be some sort of like manasapuja, and uh, this is something I tried to suggest in my book, attending Krishna's image that. Although we make distinctions um, between vidhi and raga, that when you look more closely, you can't really separate them. That vidhi works with uh, some elements of raga, and also raga works with some elements of vidhi. They're both sadhana bhakti. There's vaidhi sadhana bhakti and there's raga anuga sadhana bhakti. 
Now, someone may still say, okay, but uh, those, both of those are for initiated devotees. Uh, indeed, second initiated, and so on. And so I think the general point we can take is, yes, these are matters of um, to be, that we want to be cautious about. Uh, not that we should ban these things forever and ever uh, because they are part of our tradition, but we want to be we want to be cautious. Um, and one way of being cautious in such a vi I'll just say visualization as an inclusive term, one way of being cautious, it seems to me that, could be more acceptable to those who might worry about um, Sahajism is that rather than, as you described, I have a garland and with the approval of my guru, I offer it to Balaram, um, you change the scenario slightly and you simply offer the garland in your meditation to your guru who then uh, takes it and offers it to Balaram. And that's the, anyway, the general understanding. Uh, it's one of the distinctions uh, made in in Braja Vrindavan, we understand there, there are the gopis and there are the manjaris, and the manjaris are assisting the gopis to serve Krishna. They themselves are never, to my understanding, directly serving Krishna. Of course, even that uh, may be objected to. No, you're picturing yourself right, right in there. Um, <laughs> where you don't belong. <laughs> and uh, indeed, this is the issue. Uh, where do we belong? A and where, where is our appropriate place? And we can say, if we want to be more safe, that in a guided meditation, we meditate that we're doing all these services to the Lord Indeed, including direct services like um, bathing, dressing, etc., um, to the deity of the Lord. And with this, we can, um, how to say, we can feel, we can be reminded that. Uh, Krishna and his deity form are non-different and our worship of the Lord in his deity form is aiming toward that realization, toward that understanding. Um, Sita Sundari has a commentary. Once I asked my Guru Maharaj, um, who is Bir Krishna Goswami. I made a meditation in which I was combing Srimati Radharani's hair, making her beautiful for Krishna. 
I was not sure if this is proper or not by me to do so. He replied that it is completely fine because it is service and not me trying to enjoy it or put myself in the center. Yeah, so again, um, here I would say uh, it's, it's the guru advising the individual disciple privately. Uh, and he sees it, he recognizes in his disciple uh, that sh she is doing this in the right mood, and therefore he's giving his approval. So that's another thing we see with Bhaktivinoda Thakur in his Jaiva Dharma. He's interacting, or devotees, senior devotees, gurus, interacting with disciples. And it's a highly individual thing. Um, so I guess my general point would be maybe uh, a good measure of caution is due when we're dealing with groups, uh, public, especially in public, um, like a Sunday. A Sunday feast is semi-public, we may want to say. So that would that th these are my thoughts, but I I want to say also I think it's a kind of an ongoing. It's an ongoing issue because. It's uh, it's one of those things which is, at the core of our tradition, where as the, as it's been said, um, at the core of tradition, is an inner conflict which can take various forms. And I think this is one of them, uh, where the, um, there's, a, you know, an externality and there's an internality. And how do you, how do you connect, how do you relate these two? How, how do you foster appropriately the inner uh, development? Uh, we, cert we don't want to deny the inner culture of Christian consciousness, otherwise, you know, what are we? We're just some superficial thing. We want the substance of Krishna bhakti. How to do that? Um, and that, we may say, <laughs> can lead us into this discussion that I wanted to introduce today. So that, it, um, but before I do, uh, Kavi Chandra, do you want to, do you want to say something more? No, no. Well, thank you very much for this explanation. I just uh, the only thing is uh, with Sunday feast that you know, ninety percent of people or ninety-five percent of people are all devotees, mm -hmm. and there is usually you know maybe one two guests, and especially when it's big. A festival like like Balaram Purnima for me it's more inner thing. And yeah. Of course, I also uh, before this meditation, I believe I gave you know uh, choice. You can take part in this or not. You know, uh. like this. So uh, for some people it was strange and they, they keep op open eyes, and some people were closing eyes and you know uh, went into this meditation. So. Yeah, but now I know it's we should be more careful with 
uh, such uh, intimate things. I also thought that, you know, it's like with 10th canto of Himad Bhagavatam, it's, you know, it's 10th canto, it's, we should start with first canto, but Sri Prabhupada gave us also Krishna book. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there is, in first part is, is uh, Rasa Lila, you know. Yeah. And we are distributing the, those books. On the street. The street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, so it's, it's also this kind of discussion. Yeah. Should we give people Shimad Bhagavatam 10 counter, you know? Uh, you just buy it for your kids, you know, it's, it's going. To, <laughs> know, uh, nice stories for your kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> kids are, yeah, are reading uh, about Rasa Dance, you know. <laughs> so, it's, it's like, I, I have also, I remember, uh, Krishna Dasa Kavira just thought that, okay, we are giving the most intimate uh, intimate knowledge now. You know, if someone is not understanding, no problem. But, <laughs> but he, he goes even further. He says, I am happy that they don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that it's, it's ongoing discussion and uh, we, we have this discussion in Forever and ever. <laughs> in, in East Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Jai Ho. Okay. Um, so now we have some more time. I I want to first try to find a file um, which I want to share. Um, Oops, and this may take a minute. The subject I want to talk about is Vaishnav hermeneutics. And um, with the word hermeneutics, we already have a problem. And that is, what does that word mean? And a simple translation of the word is... Um, interpretation. It's the subject uh, of interpretation and it's usually associated with interpretation of written texts, but uh, it's not limited to that. Um, in the West, there's a long, very long history of discussion. Um, and also in India, there's a long history of discussion. How do we interpret um, scripture? We read scripture or we hear others read or recite uh, scripture and we understand it more or less. Um, but are there, are there ways to help us uh, to interpret, to understand? Um, now, immediately a doubt can come 
that Śrīla Prabhupāda many times said, uh, there is no need of interpretation. Uh, the Bhagavad Gita, and this was uh, the, <laughs> in a sense, Prabhupada's core message about the Bhagavad Gita is that uh, there is a way of reading it which is intended to be, and that is uh, simply taking. Krishna as actually having spoken the Bhagavad Gita and actually having, and Arjuna actually having heard the Bhagavad Gita, and that Krishna is not being facetious, he's not being indirect in any way when he says, Aham sarvasya prabhavo matta sarvam pravartate. Uh, everything uh, comes from me. Everything expands from me. He's not. Um, he's not just saying that. He's saying what is the actual fact, and should be accepted as such. And so, what does Prabhupada mean when he says, "Do not interpret"? Is don't give some unnecessary indirect meaning when the direct meaning is clear. That's a general, we can say a general hermeneutic principle. But um, in a more general way, we may need to say that um, we are interpreting all the time, whenever anyone says something to us, uh, Prabhu, can you please close the door? Pretty straightforward message, uh, but we're taking that in uh, in a language that we understand, and somehow, by a mental process, we understand there's a request being made. I'm capable of fulfilling the request, Okay, so we get up and we close the door. Um, and then we see the whoever spoke to us that request looking satisfied, and we understand we've done, we've interpreted correctly. But someone, it, it's possible to say, Prabhu, can you please close the door? and not really mean it. I can't think of an example at the moment, but someone might have another purpose. For example, now I'm using it as an example, <laughs> so I'm not actually asking you to close the door. <laughs> um, okay. The point is just that we're always interpreting. We're interpreting words of others we're interpreting what we read, what we hear. Uh, we're also interpreting physical signs. A stop sign says stop, and we respond by stopping our car, and so on. Uh, and so 
All of that goes within this big topic, hermeneutics. And um, I thought we can explore this topic because I've been involved in a project uh, which has been commissioned by the GBC, a project uh, to develop a course in Vaishnav hermeneutics. Um, and this course has been completed. The initial work uh, on the subject began several years ago. I was not involved in the initial discussions. But the, dis the issue came up uh, from the GBC that we find in Srila Prabhupada's books, in his recorded conversations, in sometimes his lectures, various statements which, for one reason or another, are difficult to accept or difficult to digest, or which we feel are politically inappropriate, um, things that we don't want to publicize because it could be an embarrassment for our mission. There's a fair number of such statements. Um, sometimes, generally, they have to do with social issues. They have to do with, um, you know, identity, what nowadays is called identity politics and such. Um, and so what to do with these statements? The GBC was asking. They said, you know, people are coming, to devotees are coming to us. What do we do with these difficult statements? Several, some years ago, the BBT addressed this issue and they commissioned articles to be written by specific devotees uh, to address the specific issues. So some devotees were asked to write about what Srila Prabhupada said about women, especially when he says women are less intelligent. <laughs> you know, what do we do with a statement like that? Um, and so I think two, at least two, maybe three articles were written by senior uh, Vaishnavi devotees. Very nice articles. And there were other issues. Uh, one of the issues which I was asked to write about and which I did, wrote a short article on, was uh, statements by Srila Prabhupada about his godbrothers, some of which are not so complimentary. <laughs> uh, and so I wrote an article about that. And these articles were all posted on the internet by uh, Bhaktivedanta Book Trust. They had a, uh, within their website, they had something they had a drop-down menu. I don't know what the general 
theme was, but they had something called uh, tough ones. Tough means difficult. Tough ones. And uh, that was there for, I don't know, two or three years, but it was kind of hidden. I don't think most devotees even knew it existed, what to speak of um, wider congregation and so on. I don't think most devotees even knew it existed. There were altogether maybe eight, maximum ten articles, I would say. At one point, all those articles disappeared from their website, and I noticed that, and I wrote to uh, one of the devotees I know who works in the BBT, and I asked her what's happening, and she said, well, we're doing major renovation and reorganization of our website, and yes, eventually that's going to be reposted. Now, I haven't checked in the last few weeks, but I don't think it's there yet. Uh, I think they're still, they're trying to reconceptualize certain things in fairly major ways. So they're taking their time. Um, here, the point is just that uh, this was an initial attempt by the BBT to address what they saw as difficult statements uh, of Shastra. And now I'm using the word Shastra in the broader sense uh, of, here we may want to say, Guru Sadhu Shastra. And I use that in the broader sense because that's how we are using it in this course uh, on hermeneutics. Shastra being inclusive of uh, the statements of our acharyas and, yeah, we may say sadhus broadly. So, yeah, then the GBC commissioned uh, a committee of devotees. They met a few times and they wrote a quite extensive paper. Uh, but then what to do with that paper? <laughs> I think it was 70 pages long, single-spaced and it was uh, it was so long that it was too much for many of the GBC members who are very busy people. <laughs> and the fact that it wasn't even being read by the GBC was kind of frustrating to those who were on that committee. And in any case, um, where do we go from here? So then it was... Uh, then everything was handed over to the Shastra Advisory Council, uh, of which I'm an associate member. There are about uh, 16 of us members altogether, full-time, or not full-time, but full members. There are, I don't know, six or six or eight. Anyway, and then the rest of us are associate members. And then the, the idea came after lots and lots of discussion that what would be good is to have a course so that devotees in general can learn something. 
about um, how we may best uh, deal with difficult subjects, difficult topics, and more broadly about how to apply Shastra in our personal lives, in our lives uh, amongst each other, amongst devotees, and uh, how to and in the representation, the presentation of Krishna consciousness to the wider world, the preaching of Krishna consciousness to others. Um, now, one could at this point say, well, what is the need of this? Uh, after all, we have sadhu, shastra, and guru, and it's the business of the guru to do any clarification of shastra. We simply ask guru. And guru will tell us, and then everything is clear. Well, yes and no. <laughs> Uh, the no part is for two reasons. One is we have something, we have kind of uncharted territory. We have now a worldwide institution, whereas uh, previously you had, you know, an ashram uh, with a few brahmacharis and the guru of the, those few brahmacharis and their householder followers in, in the community around in the village, and then everything was simple. But what do you do when you have an international, a world, a global society, and we're 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 trying to we're trying to sing the same song, <laughs> and we're trying to uh, share the same song with everyone, so that everyone can benefit and become Krishna conscious. Uh, we want to have this, we want to have the same message. Uh, yeah, so that, uh, that is one issue. Another is uh, the modern world. So much of Shastra, while so much of Shastra is eternally, clearly applicable, because it is eternal, because it is teaching eternal truth. The application in modern times can be especially challenging uh, for a number of reasons, which could be another subject. Um, but specifically, what is called modernity has as a uh, prominent feature the rejection of the idea of divine revelation. That's kind of, we're in a world in which the notion of divine revelation has, uh, has, has pretty much, not entirely by any means, but uh, to a large extent, within spheres of, let's say, the people who consider themselves educated, um, is rejected. 
and then endless implications of that. Okay, that's another talk, but um, challenges are there. Another point is that within the tradition, not just Vaishnava, but Vedic, broadly speaking, going back many centuries, there is a discourse of how do we interpret Vedic literature. And you could say the more formal uh, ways this has been structured is uh, in the various what are, have come to be called darshanas. Most specifically, the Purva Mimamsa and the Uttara Mimamsa traditions. Purva Mimamsa, sometimes called Karma Mimamsa, where Mimamsa, the word, can simply mean deliberation. Or we could translate it as hermeneutics, because especially the Purva Mimamsa is concerned with how to interpret um, Vedic literature, the literature of the Rig Sama Yajur Atarva Veda, of the Shrota, uh, Shrota Sutras, uh, the Brahmanas, the, the works that, excuse me, deal with, uh, that um, deal with sacrifice, especially. And then the Uttara Mimamsa, more commonly known as Vedanta, uh, is about how do we interpret the Upanishads to understand what is Brahman, what is ultimate reality. Um, so that's also a hermeneutics. Still, one might object, do we have to use this Western word, uh, this Greek origins word, hermeneutics? Maybe not. <laughs> um, I don't remember all the reasons that we concluded, um, but it seemed like the convenient word to use because it is... Um, it's commonly known in the West for, um, at least for people who, mm, who deal with uh, theology and philosophy and such. So anyway, we, we've, we've been using this word. Okay, now, um, as I said, we created a course, and we've also given the course online uh, so far twice. Uh, it's been done in the form of uh, six, or is it eight, altogether uh, lessons. Each lesson has been one and a half to two hours, and they've been done um, online with using Zoom. And um, and the course has gone very well. Um, these were pilot, you can say, experimental presentations, and different members of uh, the Shastra Advisory Council, we call ourselves the SAC for short, uh, have, have given individual lessons. And I've given one of the lessons a couple of, both times. 
Uh, and I participated um, only very partially in the preparation of the of the course, the the materials for the course. Um, but it it just I feel I felt like after all the work that uh, we went through, the sack has gone through. I kind of feel like sharing this uh, with all of you. And initially, you may feel like, well, what does this have to do with me? Uh, <laughs> and if that's the case, well, I'm sorry, but maybe it will spark your interest. And what I'm also hoping, as I think you know, I'm always trying to encourage all of you to read, um, especially Srila Prabhupada's books. What you may find is that as we go through, um, I'm not even decided that we go through the course in the strictly formal way that we've given, but as I go through and show and uh, share with you some of the material, you may f find this um, an inspiration to then go back and do s and and read more, seeing that aha. So now there's a way that we can really look closely at what we're reading and um, relate it to other things that we've read and really deal with with issues that come up in my own life and among devotees and in relation to the wider world. Okay, um, with that long-winded introduction, now I want to share my screen to show you something. And we can go through it briefly. This is a kind of fun little chart uh, as, as a very preliminary introduction of the process that we came up with. Can you all see this? Okay, my sign says you can see. Okay, so we're starting with the top left. Here we are, this, um, if, you, if you can see my arrow, uh, here we all are. Maybe we're not bare-headed with Sika, but we have all these question marks exploding out of our head. Wanting to understand and explain a statement from Sadhu Shastra Guru. How to do it? First we go to the next image, engaging in sadhana bhakti to gain the mercy of good character and qualities. So we understood step one in all of this is we have to have the right culture. That actually understanding Shastra is part of a culture and that's what we are all doing when we you know, we hear from day one that we have four regulative principles to follow, and and we hear of of our the practice of sadhana bhakti and so on. Um, 
So first thing we want to look at is our own sadhana. And if our own sadhana is, uh, we may say shabby, um, you may not know that word. If it's not very strong, or if it's very weak, then um, it may be a legitimate question to ask ourselves, well, then how can I expect to understand this, what I'm reading? How can I expect to clearly understand and, and we can say properly in a devotional way understand this? But okay, I'll get my sadhana in shape, I'll get it up to standard, and then I will go to the hermeneutic school. <laughs> and there, <clears throat> first thing I'll do is study and imbibe the principles of Vaishnava hermeneutics. And... Um, what I'll show later is we identified, I think, that six uh, character features which are necessary uh, for going any further with hermeneutics. Six aspects of character that we, we want to have, we want to pursue. And we identified 24 principles that we need um, to further pursue hermeneutics, uh, to further pursue understanding of Shastra. And we identified... Hmm, I would have made this chart slightly different, but uh, we would have identified. Uh, we did identify in our in the SAC uh, work. We identified forty. That's four zero tools for use in the process of analyzing, of working out, of understanding. Shastra. Um, okay, so we're going into this uh, place where we learn principles and tools. All right, so we've got some familiarity with the principles and the tools, and then we come out um, prepared with good qualities, with an awareness of the principles and of the tools. And now what do we do? We embark on what we called a hermeneutic path. And the hermeneutic path has three steps. The first step is assessing our own mood, mentality, purpose, and qualifications in relation to a particular statement in Shastra that we want to engage with, we want to wrestle with. Um, assessment means we are 
you know, gauging, we are measuring in a sense, we're being honest with ourselves. Do I have uh, the right, the favorable mood? Do I have the right mentality? What is my purpose uh, in doing this? Um, you know, do I just want to show off, like Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, with my knowledge, uh, or do I have a deeper purpose, and so on. Um, and then step two is going to the principles, and I mentioned there are 24 of them, and we'll get to that um, uh, in due course. There are 24 principles, and I want to take this statement that I'm wrestling with, working with, and see how it relates with these principles. With respect to uh, a purpose, um, um, an ultimate purpose, which is to understand in terms of Siddhanta. Siddhanta is a technical term used not only by Vaishnavas, but all traditional Indian philosophers, um, all, at least most. Uh, it means conclusion, conclusive truth. The end, literally, Siddha Anta, the end perfection, we may say. And then, armed with um, the right mood and purpose and so on, and with principles that are appropriate uh, to pursuing the Siddhanta, then we may go to appropriate tools that help us further clarify it. Um, I, I might mention generally the, the principles are generally in the form of statements and the tools are typically in the form of questions. And all of this is, it, it has a linearity to it. Step one, step two, step three, and then hopefully, bling, uh, everything becomes clear. However, one of the principles, and this is the one that I wrote on, uh, is that there's something called ambiguity. <laughs> something may have uh, a sort of inbuilt un lack of clarity. It may have double meaning. Um, our, our acharyas in their the commentaries of our acharyas often celebrate uh, the ambiguity in, in Shastra to bring out, to draw out different meanings. And they'll say it can mean like, like this, but it can also mean like something else. It's not only one meaning. Right, so... Maybe I should stop here, uh, for now at least, and see if there's any question about any of this so far. Uh, yeah, let me 
Well, I'll leave this uh, chart here for a minute. I think at this point everybody is a little bit stunned, like, okay. Hey, Mangi Gopi, you want to ask something? Yes, please. Do you want to speak? Do I have to turn off on the shared screen in order to hear? I don't know. Don't quite. Anyway, I'll turn it off. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. My obeisances, Mahat. Hare Thank you so much. This is really inspiring to me, and I'm very interested in this, and I really find very relevant for my uh, spiritual prog progress and um, understanding and proper un uh, interpretation. And actually, I would like to comment something, but also would like to ask um, how we can uh, get information uh, about enrollment, where we can like um, find that information, update, mm -hmm. uh, how to enroll, enroll, because I would definitely would like to enroll in the near future. Mm -hmm. And this is very relevant to what I'm researching right now. Um, and it is like cognitive anthropology, which actually explores the way of cognition, um, um, empirical way of cognition, the things. And then some very interesting uh, cognitive anthropologists are researching on different belief systems. And they said that the different belief systems are not different um, religious de denominations, but also like belief, political belief systems and academic belief system, mm. and then different denomination belief system, because every, everywhere somebody believes in something. Right. Some believe in democracy, <laughs> yeah. or I don't know, some academics in some theory and things. Yeah. So then they, they did a very interesting researching on how how the people, uh, how they are like, they try to check that what people they claim that they believe, whether they believe that actually. So they ask <laughs> them about God, like uh, to explain how they do believe in God. So what God possesses, how they explain, how they, and then most of these um, interviews, um, um, people, Actually, they said that God is omnipotent, that he is always everywhere, that he is aware of everything and he knows everything and like that. And then they use different methods to still check whether they really do believe that. And then they like uh, find out that these people actually interpreted God in a completely different way. Like every normal common people, like they and then they said that like God is doing the things one by one, like we, like the, uh, he did something, then he goes somewhere else, do something else. Ah. And then the conclusion, they realize that people actually do not believe what they think they believe. Ah. <laughs> and this is really relevant to that, because if we want to interpret something in some way, we also try to believe in that way. Yeah, yeah. So that's really connected, and I'm that's why I'm really interested in this. So that will be also that could help me to uh, with my researching and also with my proper understanding of shastras. So thank you so much. And if you can provide this information, how to enroll, I would like in the near future definitely enroll in this course. Okay. Um, 
You may be not the only one um, amongst uh, all of us here, so I'll I can I can keep you all informed. I would say um, at this point, as far as I know, there's a plan that they will have again a course. Um, go through the course in October or November. But as I remember, the, uh, their specific aim is to um, bring the course to uh, ISKCON leaders in India. And the reason they're interested in that is because some of the ISKCON leaders in India have expressed doubts about the course, saying, you know, oh, this is some Western concoction. Uh, <laughs> so the idea is, okay, well, you know, give it a fair shake, go through the course, and then decide, rather than just, you know, guessing that it's it must be a Western thing, um, I mean, the, the the members of the SAC are not all Western. There are, uh, I think, five or six Indian devotees, very learned devotees, I must say. Um, and uh, but anyway, that's that's just a footnote. But I'll I'll make sure that when the course is available, you'll know about it one way or another. Uh, oh, my article within this course, you mean? Yes, which, which was published. Uh, I provided a link to this uh, on chat because okay. it's not available uh, directly on the site, on the page, but it's in web archives. So uh, I provided a link. In oh, that article. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was the about Srila Prabhupada's statements about his uh, his god brothers. Yeah. So uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting about uh, what is it called? Cognitive anthropology. This is uh, one of the tricks, by the way, of how to how to get ahead in the academy is just create a whole new field of study and and then and then uh, you, but then you have to create a journal that goes with it <laughs> it's really connected because uh, there's also this cognitive anthropologists they claim that we have like different generation are uh, transmitting the message and sometimes mm -hmm. this like interpretation is also important and then someone sometimes misinterprets something and other people accept it and yeah. then become like tradition and thinks it's very related. So. Yeah. Somebody puts a cat into a basket in the in the wedding ceremony <laughs> and then goes like that. And as far as, you know, belief, you mentioned everyone is believing something. Yeah. Krishna says that in the Bhagavad Gita. He says, uh, 
um, what is it? Shraddha mayo yang purusho yo yat shraddha eva sa. Everybody has shraddha. It's just a matter of the mixture of the modes. So what's the commonality between these different belief systems? He said most probably frustration and then, you know, motivation <laughs> in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can only think of mundane ideas. Thank you. Uh, Divyambara. Uh, you'll have to unmute yourself first. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot about that. Hare Krishna, Dandavad. Hare Krishna. Um, I, thank you for the very interesting discussion. Um, I was just wondering if sadhana is one of the main prerequisites for understanding Shastra, how can we distribute Shastra worldwide in large quantities? Um, so I remember when I first read Sri Ishapanishad in Bulgarian, I couldn't understand anything. Yeah. <laughs> and I think also the translation was not very good, but, yeah. um, but I was extremely attracted to the text. Uh -huh. And this is what brought me to Krishna consciousness. So to what extent, how does it work? We distribute the books to people who don't practice or don't have any sadhana. Um, what is the expectation? To what extent do we expect them to understand something? Yeah. And to interpret it correctly? Yeah. Um, <laughs> good question. I would say a couple of things. <clears throat> uh, well, first I will say that's also, <clears throat> that's also um, my experience with uh, people who have gotten our books and then they come to us and say, I don't understand a word what you're talking about. I mean, even my own father, I, I sent him a copy of my, not one of Prabhupada's books, but my book on deity worship, um, Attending Krishna's Image. And he, <laughs> he's, he laughed and said, well, I read a page or maybe two pages. He said, I understood the words, but I had no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so yeah, that's there. Um, and I remember years ago, one journalist lady came to interview me. She had read um, as carefully as she could the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. And then she came uh, with many questions, nice questions, and and I, you know, gave answers as best I could. And she was saying, oh, oh, okay, now I start to understand. Um, so I think our main aim when we're distributing books is to catch those souls who will say, well, I don't really get what's going on here, but I do get it that something's going on here that I want to know more about let me go meet the devotees and find out what they're actually saying. Um, occasionally, you meet someone who says, yeah, I read, you know, Isha Upanishad, and I decided, yes, 
this is it, and they come and they join the temple. That's it. Uh, a, a possible analogy just occurred to me when I was a small child. Um, my father was in the military, uh, which meant there was a kind of social obligation, and he was anyway inclined. Uh, he was a quite sociable person uh, to have dinner guests, and they were also in the military. And so they would come, the guests would come, and, um, and there would be all of this chitter and chatter discussion, and they would bring their kids and, okay, go and play with the kids because that's what we do, uh, and maybe that's fun for a while. But then at some point, I, I remember, I used to like to come and just sit and listen to the grown-ups talk. And I had no idea what they were talking about. But I just really liked listening to them because it sounded like it must be something um, intelligent. And I wanted to just kind of be a part of that. Maybe you've had this experience when you were kids also. Um, yeah. So we, we, we distribute the books and people read and they go, wow, this is something, I don't know what they're saying, but it sure is special. So let me find out more. And I would even go further and suggest that now we may claim we understand what we're reading, but maybe, maybe somewhere down the line, we'll come back and read the same and, and we'll feel like, wow, I really didn't understand this before at all. I thought I was, but now, now I get it. Yeah, it happens every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time. <laughs> yeah, and therefore reading and then rereading and then rereading. That's... It's called religious reading, or we may want to call it spiritual reading. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, we just have a few more minutes. Dira Lalita. Yes, Guru Maharaj. Hare Krishna. I have, written, I, have, I have written a question, but I've missed out a word, and it doesn't make any sense. Oh. So, um, so it's... It, I was just wondering, you know, it says the various incline when Shastras are written or spoken by Vyasadev were different in the sense that the culture of people at that time was different than the values, than values in social and economical and theological values today. So, so there are like sort of two questions intertwined. One is um, where they where they hermeneutics in time of Vyasadev, or also, um, I was thinking, in time when Vyasadev had spoken or written um, a Bhagavad Purana, is where there are people who actually didn't understand what he was talking about, or where there are people mm -hmm. uh, as special as nowadays, in order to get in touch with the spiritual teachers and find out about the uh, uh, the message of God. 
yeah, nice question. And I think uh, what I would like to say is, in a sense, for us, Vyasadeva is uh, the primordial hermeneut or practi- practitioner of hermeneutics. Uh, Vyasa, the word, means divide. So he divided, uh, or an analysis, he divided uh, the Veda into four um, with the purpose of making it more accessible. And then, and I'm speaking from the traditional perspective, uh, then he composed the Mahabharata, still not satisfied. Uh, he composed uh, the way in which which came first. Anyway, Mahabharata, Brahma Sutras, not satisfied. Uh, then Narada confirmed what he suspected, and then he uh, composed the, the Bhagavatam. The Bhagavatam is, we can say, an interpretation of Veda. It is drawing, it is bringing together well, the, the Bhagavatam itself says uh, this is the ripened fruit of the Veda. But one can also take the Bhagavatam as a commentary on Veda, broadly speaking, and more specifically on Vedanta, because it's understood that way by our Acharyas, and although I, think, I don't think our acharyas say this explicitly, it's a commentary on the Mahabharata. And I've, I've written one article on that, how the Bhagavatam is a commentary on the Mahabharata. So hermeneutics all the way down, like the, like the, like the joke goes, uh, turtles all the way down. You may not know that joke, but the the teacher of Hinduism was explaining that according to Vedic literature, the world is supported um, by elephants in the four or eight directions. And a student asked, so, "So, what are the what are the elephants standing on?" Well, they're standing on tortoise on turtles. And what are the turtles standing on? Another set of turtles. And then he just wanted to end the class. He said, it's turtles all the way down. (laughs) So it's hermeneutics all the way down. (laughs) Thank you very much, Grandma. Okay, thank you all. You're just continuing over Vyasa. We also started a long time ago. Well, we're we're all continuing. Yeah, our acharyas are continuing, and we're trying to see how best, um, you know, for our society to continue, continue the practice. And really, this is the point: is to develop a culture in which there is um, thoughtful, sattvic discussion of shastra. Not, 
you know, not trying, not grabbing a quote here and a quote there and throwing it at someone who doesn't agree with you uh, about something. Uh, that would be the misuse of Shastra, and, and that in itself is a big topic, and we can we can talk about that. The mis the use and misuse of Shastra. Shastra, uh, if it's misused, can be very dangerous. Okay, on that note, Hare Krishna, thank you all for coming. Have a wonderful week. Chanting, reading, writing. I'm sorry, I meant to ask. I think at least one of you wanted to share your ekphrasis uh, that we didn't get to last time, but we can do it next time. Um, yes. All the best. Gaur Premanande Hari Hari Bol. Oh, and one more thing I was going to announce. Are they still with us? Mm. Um, I wanted you all to welcome with a, hari, a hearty Hari Bol. There they are. Um, Amrita Lahari Devi Dasi and Vrajaduta Gopal. Das, who received their first initiation, uh, what was it, just a little less than two weeks ago. They're still in transit now to North Poland. So please offer your hari hari bowls and welcomes to them. Okay, so one day we'll all be together somewhere. Uh, we can have a big party. Yeah. Uh, Madana Jivani says, yes, let's do it in Mayapur, right? <laughs> Okay, thank you all. Hare Krishna, Gaur Premanande, Hare Hare.